holy and loving God, you join us here together in this place, a place of comfort, a place in which we seek justice, a place in which we seek life in abundance. Bring your comforting spirit to us here and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Please be seated. In June 2011, I graduated from Yale Divinity School and set off on a bicycle. I spent one year without flying or driving, and during that time, I cycled over 11,500 miles around the country while engaging Christian communities in dialogue about climate change. I called it a carbon Sabbath. The carbon Sabbath was a product of the work I did at Yale investigating the intersection of religion and ecology, but my interest in that nexus had its roots in my childhood in Monterey Bay, where the lush agriculture of the Salinas Valley meets the bucolic wonder of Big Sur. I was steeped in the beauty of the oceans and the mountains the granite caves of the pinnacles and the silent wisdom of the sequoias. In high school, I came down here to Kate and I spent my days surfing Rincon and falling in love with the smell of the sage in the Santa Barbara Hills. I was filled with love of nature, love of the planet, love of the world for God so loved the world John 3:16 that ubiquitous passage the number held on banners at baseball stadiums and rallies as a young evangelical i learned this passage very early I remember my father telling me about Nicodemus and how he came to Jesus at night and how Nicodemus struggled to understand what Jesus was saying. But I missed how different Jesus and Nicodemus were. Jesus, the country preacher from the tiny town of Nazareth. Nicodemus, a Pharisee and religious leader in the city, Jerusalem. They were very different people with differing perspectives on something about which they both cared deeply. When I started out the Carbon Sabbath bike trip, I thought of myself as some sort of like climate crusader or eco prophet. I thought I knew something everyone should know. I thought I had it figured out. All I needed to do was to tell people what I knew. I also thought that there were people out there who were ignorant. People who thought differently than me, who voted differently than me, and who were wrong. I was afraid of those people. 
I was scared for my safety on the bike. Would someone try to run me off the road? Would someone hurt me because of what I had to say? I didn't know. As I cycled around the country and talked with folks in churches and gas stations and diners, as I spent the night in the care of people who were climate deniers, I ate their food, slept in their homes, met their children and parents, I started to see the full humanity of the people I met. Yes, they had different political opinions than me, but they were mothers who worked at the coal power plant so that they could provide for their children. They were loggers who were veterans and suffered from PTSD. They were people both courageous and vulnerable, just like me. After cycling all day, I would show up tired, sweaty, dirty, and alone. I was vulnerable. That vulnerability allowed me to listen to the people I met and it allowed them to listen to me. It allowed us to hear each other. As I rode, I realized something strange. I was falling in love with the world, the whole world, not just a slice of it that agreed with me. It was transformative, like being born again, born as a child of love eternal, born from above. I have a lot of baggage with the language in this passage, especially its relationship to the born again Christian identity. But there is something absolutely crucial to Christ following, to the God love life that it goes on in this passage. Nicodemus asks, how can someone who has grown old be born again? He knows this is a metaphor. It's not like he misses the understanding that this is a metaphor, but his implication is, I have already figured things out. Why would I start over? In a culture that valued maturity and wisdom, why would anyone want to become ignorant, undeveloped, unhelpful newborns? As a father of three, I am familiar with the helplessness of newborns. The diapers, the feeding, the lack of sleep, Their delicate little bodies can't even lift up their heads. (laughs) I also know what newborns do to my heart. They fill my heart with love again and again and again. This is what Brene Brown calls the power of vulnerability. She suggests vulnerability is the birthplace of love and belonging. She says, if we want greater clarity in our purpose or more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. Vulnerability like that of a newborn being born again. If we are to be followers of Christ, we must pursue the path of rebirth, the path of the cross, the path of vulnerability, the life that risks who we have been for who we will be. 
following Jesus, following the path of love eternal is not a one-time decision. It requires constant renewal and evaluation, being born from above again and again and again. That is the nature of nature, the nature of evolution, the nature of the world. It is also the nature of faith. The faith passed down to us from Abraham, who, when he was still called Abram, left his home, became vulnerable for the pursuit of a promise to bless all the families of the earth. When I was about 9,000 miles into the Carbon Sabbath bike trip, as I cycled my way back to California along the Gulf Coast, I thought I had life figured out. (laughs) I learned how to be vulnerable, to live into deep relationship with God and neighbor and the planet. And then when I was in Texas, I fell in love with the woman who would become my wife, who is seated right down there. In the next few years, we got married, I got ordained, we had three children, I became the Episcopal chaplain to UCSB and vicar of St. Michael's University Church in Isla Vista. Over and over and over again, love has led me to give up what I have been for the sake of who I will be, for the sake of love. I know that all of us have loved before, And I know that God is calling us to love again. Love again in the face of the coronavirus, in this anxious election cycle, in this uncertain period in American politics. Love again for our LGBTQ sisters and brothers, for the 65,000 undocumented college students throughout the U.S., for the graduate students at UCSB who need a cost of living adjustment. Love again for the future of the young folks who made our communion bread, for the vulnerable who will be displaced by climate change, for the sake of the planet that is us. Love again and again and again.